How much rain is too much rain? How about 40 days and 40 nights of rain? (laughs) That would probably be too much. But what if we replaced the word rain with blessings? How many blessings are too many blessings? Is it possible to get too many blessings? Well, too much rain is a problem. And I think too many blessings can be a problem too. And that's what this episode is all about. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story. A story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. Rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day. After all, enough is enough already. I used to say the guy with the easiest job in the world was the weatherman in Southern California. All he ever had to do was say, Today will be mostly sunny with a high around 75 degrees. Because in Southern California, every day is mostly sunny with a high around 75 degrees. <laughs> But lately, I have changed my mind. Now I think the easiest job is to be a Cincinnati weatherman here in our hometown. Because the forecast here becomes monotonous every year at about this time. Every day, it seems, the weather forecast is the same. Chance of rain today and tomorrow and all week and next week too. (laughs) The result of that rain, well, not good. The Ohio River floods, the Great Miami River floods, the Little Miami River floods, the Mississippi floods, not to mention all of those flooded basements, leaking roofs, and backed-up sewers. Farmers can't get their crops planted, it's too wet. Little League teams can't get their games played. Brides and grooms can't get married outdoors. And poor golfers, well, they can't get their new clubs out of the bag. It's just too wet. Picnics, car washes, family reunions, dog walks, and Reds games all wash out due to the rain. Anytime the sun does happen to peek through the clouds, even for the briefest moment, cheers go up all around the neighborhood. Many of us forget during those rainy months what a sunny day looks like or feels like. A friend of mine once said during a particularly wet week, I'm tired of rain tired of gray skies, tired of getting wet when I go out in the yard with the dogs, and just plain tired. She could have said, sick and tired, and been closer to the truth. (laughs) And yet, drier days inevitably follow as summer barges in. Then there is no rain to be found. Everywhere and everything is dry, dry, dry. Some areas of the country end up on the verge of a drought. During those times, the sound of a raindrop against a window 
seems foreign to us. The green of spring turns brown, and we begin to wonder if it will ever rain again. All of which leads me to think about how important rain is, both in its abundance and in its scarcity. Interestingly, rain is also an important part of some biblical stories. For abundance, there's no story like the great flood of Genesis, Noah and his ark, 40 days and 40 nights of nothing but rain, according to the Bible. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days afterward. Imagine that for a moment. Rain every day, 24-7, for 40 days, or a month plus a week plus three days. Talk about the rainiest month ever. And once the water reached flood level, it stayed there for five months. In the process, the Bible says, every living thing that moved on the earth perished. A harsh reminder that the destructive power of rain when too much comes too fast for too long is just overwhelming and devastating. For scarcity, it's hard to beat the biblical story of Elijah in 1 Kings. Elijah asked God to withhold rain in the land as a judgment against the evil pagan worship promoted by King Ahab. God answered Elijah's prayer, and for three and a half years, there was no rain, not a cloud in the sky, dry, brown, drought. Day after day, after day, after day, after week, after week, after week, after month, after month, after month, after year, after year, after year and a half, <laughs> no rain. In the process, the brook at the Kirith Ravine, which had become Elijah's own personal source of water, dried up. And many people, like a widow that Elijah ran into at Zarephath, well, she nearly starved to death due to the lack of food which proves the life-giving power of rain when it comes in its due season, watering the earth for the benefit of us all. James makes the same point in the Bible when he comments, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. When rain comes the way we want it to come, at the time we want it to come, and in the amount we want it to come, then we're happy campers. But if rain comes in any other way, either too much or too little, we become anxious. Actually, angry would be a better word. In that way, rain is a lot like the blessings we receive from God. If he gives us the blessings we want, when we want them, and in the amount we want them, then we are pleased with God. Happy. But if we think there is a drought of blessings in our lives, we quickly become filled with anxiety, unhappy, even angry. On the other hand, sometimes we seem to receive an abundance of blessings. Everything goes our way. We live on easy street for a while. Unfortunately, the result of abundance 
is often an abandonment of God. We begin to feel like we don't really need him after all. We are doing quite well without him. Thank you very much. And we end up putting distance between ourselves and God, and soon that distance becomes disobedience. The key is to see and understand that the abundance and the scarcity are both a part of God's plan for our lives. There is a purpose, and a big part of faith is trusting God enough to remain obedient and steadfast, even when there is too much or too little rain in our lives. Here's how Paul described it in a letter he wrote to the Philippians. He said, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You know what? Whether it's raining in your life or not, always let the sun shine in your heart. Not the S-U-N sun, but the S-O-N sun with a capital S. Let the sun shine in your heart. When you do, you'll receive inner peace. Paul called it contentment. It will well up from within your spirit and your heart, and it will bring joy to your life, even in the flood, even in the drought. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, he never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe himself, God, God's word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters and french fries, all revealing something unique about God who meets you in real life ways every day.